Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by Land and Developer Services at Bull Realty. Visit bullrealty.com slash land. Well, we're continuing our corona coverage, your corona time coverage, if you will, you know, how COVID is impacting the commercial real estate market and, and some of the latest strategies for industry participants uh, to deal with it and what to expect moving forward. Well, one of the things that might be expected moving forward is uh, some changes in the zoning entitlement uh, process. Uh, one, because you know, a lot of municipalities are going to be looking for jobs. They're going to be looking for revenue. Uh, so maybe some opportunities to get some things done that uh, uh, maybe you couldn't get done in the past. But things may be a lot different. Please welcome my guest. It's Patrick Fox. Patrick is CEO of Consensus Strategies. Patrick, thanks for being with us, sir. Thanks for having me again. Well, Patrick, you, you heard what I was saying when, on the opening there that, uh, you know, it seems like municipalities uh, are going to be looking for revenue, right? With this business shut down and uh, all these job losses, uh, surely they're going to be looking for ways to bring in revenue. Are there going to be maybe more opportunities uh, for projects uh, moving forward? I think there, there are. Uh, there are both threats and opportunities. Um, uh, you know, and uh, as the old saying goes, you should never waste a good crisis, right? Um, the municipalities are going to see an absolute apocalypse with municipal tax revenue. And it's going to ripple through the local political landscape probably for the next few years. And so I am suggesting to clients that they look at their pipeline, look at the most controversial, largest, most difficult projects that they may have moved towards the back, now is the time to move them to the front. There is going to be opportunity now. Um, talk. You should focus on jobs and tax revenue because it is going to be desperately needed and it's going to be a, a, a competitive environment with municipalities trying to pull in new business, looking for ways to generate new tax revenues. I think the, the, the casino in Manhattan that, uh, you know, that uh, uh, the casino companies have always dreamed of, they're going to have to look at that now. Uh, states that haven't opened up adult use recreational marijuana, now they're going to have to take a second look at that. You know, large-scale development that, that uh, has scary butter opposition, that uh, people have been worried about traffic, everyone's going to have to rethink that and take another look at it. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, we've had some issues with even getting a zoning for apartments in some of these municipalities. And, you know, and then we're kind of opening back, looking at it, and wait a minute, they're, they're probably going to really want a, some revenues. Uh, so it may be, be a lot easier. So what should developers think about kind of right now? It, it's May 22nd. Uh, there's you know, a still a shutdown in most markets. What should they start thinking about? You, you talked about the types of projects. Should they start laying some uh, groundwork to, to be looked at as uh, good guys, if you will? Well, beyond rethink, rethinking your pipeline and your strategy moving forward, what I'm telling clients is what you need to do right now today is look at the communities in which you operate, the communities that you, where you want to operate and where you want to expand in the future, anytime over the next few years. 
and think about what are you doing there right now to help people in this COVID crisis. We've got uh, children who aren't going to school, uh, a great number of children who get lunches, uh, typically in breakfast and sometimes more from those kinds of programs, senior citizens that are terrified and locked up in, in, in their you know, senior re uh, residential uh, facilities, um, soup kitchens, food pantries. Now, many of the clients I deal with will say to me, we do all kinds of things for charity. We give to the United Way and the Jimmy Fund and the Cancer Society, and gee, that's great. And they proudly tell me how many millions they've donated to these causes. But will tell me, um, in, in a town where we have a controversial project that's coming up in the next three months, the Boy Scouts asked 200 bucks for hot dogs for their event, and we said, no, we don't do that. Well, the million dollars you gave to the United Way, that's swell. But when I go to that community and try to help you build support there, that doesn't help me. The $200 to the Boy Scouts, that helps. That demonstrates what kind of neighbor you are, uh, what kind of corporate citizen you are, and are you the kind of partner that we want to be in that community? So you can re-engineer the list that you're going to use for the next 10 years. When you stand before a, a, a public hearing, a local board, and you try to make the case that we're the partner that you want in this community, this doesn't require, and I don't advise, that you do big press releases when you do this stuff right now, because you just should be doing it and target it to the communities where you want to have an impact, where you know you're going to be going before them trying to do something there. Use it to build relationships. It, it's the right thing to do, and it's just strategically something that, that you absolutely should be doing now. Lots of companies are saying, too much going on, it's a bad time, we don't want to spend the money. I, I'm talking short money. I've got clients I've, I've been meeting with every day who say, well, what do I need? 100,000, 50, 200,000 to do this. And for some of them, we've been spreading around $5,000, 200 here, 500 there. We've got soup kitchens and municipalities that are saying, we're providing meals at 75 cents a meal. And so you give them $2,000, you've made a big impact on this small town's food program. And we're reverse engineering the list that we're going to present at these public hearings in the future, and we're doing the right thing in a real national time of crisis. Ten years from now, you will still be talking about what did you do during this time of crisis. Yeah, that is so awesome, Patrick. What, what great advice. And, and you think hyper-local when you're talking about zoning because it really can be a small group of, of opposition that uh, seems to be, be the loudest, right? That's right. And, and how else, Patrick, can you build uh, community support if you're, you're working on a zoning in a market, especially now with, you know, as we speak today, May 22nd, it's really hard to get face-to-face -face with people. So every developer, when they come to a community, starts with a real disadvantage. You're not from there. You're a developer. You're here to get something. And, you know, the, uh, um, the general perception of developers is bad. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I'll, I'll have clients say, but, you know, we were named one of the top 300 most ethical companies uh, on the planet. Well, <laughs> that, that's swell, but that doesn't help when you're at a public hearing full of angry residents. Um, the, the things that you traditionally do to offset that, going to a community, doing outreach, going door to door, doing small group meetings, having the ability to look someone in the eye and make it so we're not talking about Acme Corporation, 
we're talking about Joe. I met Joe from Acme Corporation. He seemed like a good guy. He shook my hand. He looked me in the eye. And he told me that he follows through on his promises. Um, he's somebody I can relate to. All that's gone. We're not going to be able to do that for a while. So it, it, it's really a much bigger handicap for developers. Uh, social media is going to become much more important. Um, so public meetings are gone, but video conferencing, telephone calls, mail, I mean, these are all weaker than, than, than the one-on-one -on -one relationship building. So we're going to have to start earlier. We may have to do more to leverage uh, local people that are opinion leaders and have credibility in the community to make them part of our team. But it requires uh, more time, more thought, and a better strategy understanding the new process. And it's a process that sh that's changing every day as these communities try to figure out how to do this. Now, the good news is what we have in the United States for planning and zoning is an opponent-driven process, right? It is opponents who show up. At yeah. public hearings, I can take a survey and, and find out that uh, 70 or 80% of the people think a new grocery store would be swell. I'd shop there. It's competition. Prices lower. Jobs. This is great. Let's do it. But there's 300 people at the public hearing against it right. because the supporters don't show up. We've all seen that. By moving to virtual conferencing with social distancing, by doing these Zoom conferences, we significantly broaden the base of people that are showing up. We also make it much more difficult for opponents to dominate the hearing. Now, elected and appointed representatives act and react much differently in front of a room full of angry constituents. Right. They gotta walk the gauntlet to get in. They have yeah. to stand in front of them. They're getting screamed at by their neighbors. All that's gone, Yeah. right? Wow. Um, uh, there's no more eye to eye. And also, when you have the angry abutter who's screaming at you at a hearing, um, and you, you can't really stop them. You know, it's difficult to get them to sit down and, and be quiet after they've made their point and they stir up other people. On a video conference call, th they get to ask their question or make their comment and you say, thank you very much for the comment. They're muted and you go to the next one. So it's it, the playing field. We've been trying to figure out how to do this. Planning experts across the country and in other representative democracies have been trying to figure out how to level the playing field so that it is not the passionate, angry, special interests of butters um, that, that dominate the process and show up. This is actually going to do that. Um, so there's good news here, but this requires additional strategy and additional thinking as well. And Patrick, and th this is the case right now in, in most every market, it seems, that I'm familiar with. But uh, as things ease up, and we all hope that this uh, COVID risk uh, severely reduces over time, might this more online process become uh, part of the process of moving forward, because as you said, it kind of it give, really gets more people involved. Like, I don't really have time to go support a something like that. If I, if like you mentioned, I may say, hey, I want that grocery store, but I don't have time to stop my life and go support it. But maybe online I do. Might this move forward and, and stick with some of these municipalities to do it this way? Sure, uh, because there are some benefits to doing it this way. But, you know, um, uh, 
I, I, uh, I have very interesting days as I spend uh, part of my time trying to help my clients get controversial projects approved. And I spend part of my day trying to help my corporate clients stop their competitors from getting their <laughs> projects approved. Right. So I am in meetings during the day, both trying to figure out how do I put the best face forward on a project in a virtual hearing? And I go from that meeting into a meeting where I try to figure out how do I stop this virtual hearing or how do I uh, 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 demonstrate massive community opposition to a project at, at, at a, and, uh, at and a virtual hearing. And obviously that's not on the same project. <laughs> that's, of course. Of course. Um, but what I'm finding is it is um, public hearings lean in the favor of the opponents. Virtual meetings lean in the favor of the developer. Wow. That's interesting. So you think that uh, developers are going to really be able to, to get more done in this environment? Should they really think about, uh, you know, because I've had some uh, developers say, ah, no, I, I don't, I, I tried to get that zone or I don't think I'll get the zoning there. My initial, uh, should they kind of go back in and just look at these projects again right now? Jobs, tax revenue, infrastructure, how are you adding to regional economic development? These are the key points that, that are, every municipality is going to be looking for. You just need to restructure the arguments, and they're going to be desperate for new development opportunities and, and new ways to, to generate revenue. And the power of NIMBYs and special interests has abated. Now is your time. Go big and go bold today. <laughs> I like it. And you know, it's at, at the end of the day, it helps uh, everyone to bring in jobs and, and bring in businesses uh, to these communities and, and, and grow them. And uh, uh, so uh, I wanted to ask you uh, before we end here today, uh, you've been in a lot of, of uh, large uh, zoning issues and been in a lot of meetings and I'm sure you've heard some, uh, some interesting comments from some of the opponents uh, once I had, I was rezoning a property. I was taking like four or five acres and I was going to take one acre and build another home on Lake Lanier. And somebody showed up, uh, one of the neighbors showed up and, and got up on the mic and it was supposed to be approved according to the, uh, the city. They said, Oh, everything looks great. And she got up and said that, uh, that her, uh, not yet conceived child would get killed and die if I built that house uh, now, so she didn't have a child. She wasn't pregnant, but one day she was going to get pregnant and this child was going to die. And it, and it would just, it threw me off so bad. I'm like, what? And they, and they sat there and listened to it up at, at the bench. And I'm like, are you guys just going to tell this lady she's crazy? What kind of things have you heard that just kind of blew you away? Well, first of all, I can't count the number of public hearings I've been at where I've heard the phrase, how many children have to die before we stop? Uh, 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 you know, if you're going to generate more traffic, people are going to die, is, is wow. what they, they'll try to say. And it's, it's the benefit, it, it's another benefit opponents have. You know, developers have to maintain their credibility. You better be right, you better be accurate. And if you screw up, it's going to hurt you all the way down the road. And opponents can stand up and say anything. Some of the most outrageous things uh, have been on energy projects. You know, um, uh, a windmill project uh, in the Midwest um, where uh, it was a hundred wind turbines. 
and a woman stood up at a hearing and said, if you build these 100 wind turbines, you need to build another 100 somewhere else pointing in the other direction, or you're going to screw up the rotation of the earth. <laughs> now, I, 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 I use this in seminars with developers to, to explain to them, you can't laugh, you, you, you can't tell her that she's stupid, and you can't try to teach her physics. Uh, but you, 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 need, you need to understand that the board is going to see it for what it is too, and simply uh, move on. Uh, solar panels. Uh, we had someone stand up at a public hearing on a solar array uh, and say, how many of these do you think you can build before you've sucked all the energy out of the sun? <laughs> and, and again, and serious, I, right? yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, you can't try to teach them why they're wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's just not even worth trying. Um, a, 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 a development that had a uh, steakhouse in it. And people said, if you, you can't build this steakhouse, it's the smells are going to drive the dogs crazy. <laughs> what are you supposed to do with that? Yeah. Um, so uh, it, it's important for developers to understand uh, the boards will see these things for what they are. Often these people are at, uh, they're, they're frequent flyers at these hearings and uh, are known quantities in these communities. And you need to be respectful. You need to listen. Um, and when it's when it's as outrageous as that, just let it go and move on. <laughs> yeah, that that must be tough, man. The talent that you have and people who do what you do is amazing. Uh, Godspeed to you, Patrick. Uh, thanks for joining us today on the show. Appreciate the, the information. Thank you, and congratulations on the anniversary of the show and uh, your long run. It's really been spectacular. Great, thank you, Patrick. Uh, yeah, as Patrick mentioned, the show's uh, been on air 10 years. Uh, we've done a show every week for 10 years and many weeks, uh, much, many more than, than a show every week. So uh, appreciate that, Patrick. And if you'd like more information from Patrick, his website is consensus-strategies.com. And uh, well, th let us know what you think. Are you working on some uh, zoning issues? Uh, do you think uh, this is a good thing, bad thing? Uh, let us know your comments. Thank you for sharing the show. Thanks for reaching out to us. We'll continue our Corona coverage of uh, what's going on in the market and some of the strategies industry participants are utilizing at this time and what to expect moving forward. So uh, join us for our next show. It might be, uh, well, it'll be next week. And, uh, and thanks for uh, reaching out to us on your favorite social media. Until then, be sure you lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at commercialagentsuccess.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And at the show website, CREshow.com, 
and subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.